Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. So uh, this is uh, session eight of TPR's Prophetic History, and uh, the title of the session tonight is Ways That He Sustained Us. And uh, I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to start moving and stirring hearts. Oh, Lord, we love you for the story that you've written for us. You are amazing. And that this house of prayer is not uh, just a group of people meeting, doing some prayer meetings, but it's people on a mission, friends together, fulfilling an assignment that you gave us. And that you have been so faithful over the years to take care of us, to provide, to sustain in ways that are beyond us. And I want to say thank you, generous God, thank you for taking care of us these many years. So Lord, tonight as we share stories, stir faith, exhilarate us, cause us to fall all the more in love with you, and also build expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. TPR's Prophetic History, Session 8, Ways That He Sustained Us. Now, I want, as we, uh, as we go through this session tonight, um, I, I have a couple of thoughts that I want to keep with us. Uh, one, I think that tonight is actually one of the most important sessions in order to root us into what to expect of the Lord in the future. And so I think that tonight, I, I mean, it's kind of difficult. Each one of these sessions has a different place in my heart for different purposes. But I think that tonight is one of the most important in order to set our expectation right about the future. And so I'll say it that way. Uh, second thing, um, I love telling these stories because they really happened. <laughs> and they're just each one of them was God winking at us, showing us his kindness, his nearness, his realness. I love how these stories can impact our kids and the way that they view God and the kingdom of God and the way that things are in the kingdom. I love how, how different of a storyline we're getting to invite our kids and, and this next generation and even all of you young adults into believing God to show up and actually do things and not just be the God of the Christian religion but the God who shows up and does stuff when we need him and uh, how real he is. And so uh, part of what we're going to be doing tonight is we're going to be talking about the way that God has dealt with TPR, the way that God deals with TPR, and what we absolutely expect about the ways God will continue to deal with TPR in the future. And so it's a, it's a very real, like, getting God right up in the middle of our story and he, I mean, he's the one that chose to do it time and time again. And what we expect, 14 years of consistent provision. That's another piece of what we're talking about tonight. You know, we've been doing these daily prayer meetings for 14 and a half years or whatever it is. And it takes money to run a ministry. And we always tell people when they come to the encounter service, be part of a local church and tied to that local church and then give us the other 90%. But after you've already tied the first 10% to your church, well, we kind of say it in jest because like most people give their 10% to their church and then give us a dollar. It's like, I really love that dollar, but that dollar doesn't really pay the bills. The fact that we still exist while consistently for 14 years telling people to tie to their local church is a miracle that we still exist. Because we're, in, we're encouraging people to give their money to their local church and then as an expression of additional offerings, sow into this place. It's crazy that we're still here. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. I think about it all the time. Well, I want to make it clear that we believe the scripture and we act on the scriptures that talk about giving money away with the expectation that God sees us give money away, and because he sees that, he gives us money back. Like, we believe that thought process and practice it as a ministry. 
not just as individuals. We believe that. So I want to tell you part of the reason we're here is because we believe the Bible. And the Bible says, Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. TPR, not just an individual, a ministry. Give and it will be given to you. But it'll be given back a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be poured into your lap for with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 11 says similarly, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So whatever ministry sows sparingly, that ministry will reap sparingly. But whoever sows generously will also reap generously. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and, uh, your, and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I, I share these verses we are not going to have time to tell all the stories tonight of ways we've given away money, but we've done that a lot and we'll continue to. We wouldn't have time to go into that tonight, uh, though that is a worthy thing to do and we've done it on other occasions. I'm just going to tell you we do it, we believe it, and it's part of the reason we're blessed and we know it. And so I just want us to understand that because some of you might hear tonight these stories and go, I want God to do that in my life. I want God to do that in your life too. Give away a lot of money. That's, that's a really good way to get God to give you a bunch of money is give away a lot of money. And then do it again, and then do it again, and then do it again. Because that's a principle in the word of God that we're operating off of. Now, I had a rich history in this. Those verses were near and dear to me as an individual before we ever started the prayer room. That was something I was trying to practice. It was very important to me. And so when we began the prayer room, and even in the early stages of what this community uh, would evolve into the prayer room, back in those early days, I would tell stories in my living room of ways that I had given away money and then saw God give me money back. And I was trying to provoke a, a different group, a, a, a group that now are, are old people like me. Uh, but they were young 20-year-olds and, and not even 20-year-olds in that hour. I was trying to provoke young adults, give away your money because God will see it and he will move on it and, and do wild things for you. And so even in the early stages of this ministry, I, we were calling the community to believe God to do big things. And so part of it is faith, that we believe that God is who he says he is in the word. We started taking up big offerings on occasions and giving them away. Uh, some of the biggest offerings we've ever taken, we took it and then gave it away. Instead of taking, it up, taking up an offering and then using it for real needs, we would take up an offering and then give the money away uh, to worthy causes, around the world even. And as a result of all this, we started to see God do big things for us. So it's important that you, you, we have that foundation because I'm going to tell a bunch of stories and I want you to understand there are some prerequisites that are important. And, and without those prerequisites, you might have a wrong idea and try to practice uh, an incomplete version of this, uh, of this process, okay? All right, now I want to tell you about one of the most fun, sweetest memories. It's, a, it's an eight-month-long long memory in my mind. I want to tell you about one of the sweetest things that's ever happened in this ministry. And we began it sometime in 2008. And it was, we just called it the give campaign. We just, the give campaign, because we just, we didn't know what else to call it. Now it's really bizarre. Okay. I've got to give you the ground rules for the give campaign in order for you to understand how the Lord responded and all the cool stuff that he did. Okay. So we're in my living room. This is back in those living room days, 2005, 6, 7, 8. It's time to get out of the living room, and we know it, but we don't have any money. And we is all of about 17, 20-year-olds, okay? Nobody has any money, and there's, there's so few of us. And 17, that might have been stretching it. We may not have actually had that many people. Uh, so we decide, here's what we're going to do. For eight months, and we all kind of, we came together, I, I presented this idea, and I mean, this is a very interesting idea, okay? But everybody bought in. 
I said for eight months, and the reason it was eight months is because that's when our three-year birthday was, and we wanted to have all this wrapped up by our three-year birthday, and we thought eight months is enough time. Let's do this. Here's what we decided we're going to do. As a community, all 17 of us, we decided everybody keeps making the same amount of money you're making. Well, that's a pretty easy thing to agree to. So it's like you got a job and you make money, keep making money. You got a job and you get a raise, it was a raise you were already going to get, that's your raise. But if you're working a job and you get a raise you weren't supposed to get, because we prayed every week, God, give that guy a raise. And you get a raise you weren't supposed to get, and you know it was God. Not the raise you were supposed to get. That one's yours, the one you weren't supposed to get. All that money for eight months belongs to the prayer room. And everybody's like, ooh, this is, okay, but I still get to keep the money I was supposed to make, right? Yeah. And the raise I was supposed to get, the annual raise? Yep, got it. Okay, birthday money, that's still yours. Crazy birthday money sent to you not on your birthday. That's the prayer room's money. (laughs) And we're going to pray, God, send us crazy extra birthday money that's not our birthday. And we're going to pray it. And then when you get it, pinky promise, you got to put it in the bucket, okay? We're, we're going for it. We said for eight months, we're going to pray every week for supernatural increase. And the only thing I asked was, I said, everybody, every week, put something in the bucket. Some dollar amount. A dollar. A quarter. I don't care. Just put something in there so that every single week when we come together, because we were doing an encounter service in my living room, every week when we come together, let's pray, God, anoint this money. And multiply it. Let it be seed money and let it get bigger and do crazy things. So everybody, every week's got to put something in the bucket, but we never said how much. It's just whatever you want to do. I don't care. $10, a dollar, 20 cents. Just put something in the bucket. And for eight months, let's watch God do miracles. And then as we pray over the seed money, as we take up the offering every week, let's pray that God would do specific crazy things. Here were the specific crazy things. We prayed it every single week. We prayed God, let everybody get a raise that they're not supposed to get. And more than that, give people raises. Let the government start giving us money. It was the weirdest prayer, and we prayed it every week. We said, God, let the government give us money. We just, I don't know. I mean, we needed something to pray for. We thought, well, the government might have money. Maybe they don't. I don't know. The debt wasn't something we really understood at that point. We're just like, just let the government give us money. We prayed, Lord, let everybody who owns a home start getting money on their mineral rights on their houses. Now, what was really interesting about that is several of us that owned homes knew that we didn't actually own the mineral rights to our houses. I mean, I signed an agreement specifically when I bought my house that signed my mineral rights away, okay? But we're praying, Lord, you're bigger than that. Fix all that. Give us mineral right money. And then lastly, we just said, Lord, let somebody walk up to Brad and give Brad a check for $10,000, That was one of the four things. And we prayed them every single week. And the spirit of it was, Lord, increase the finances in this community. And whatever you give us, we'll give you 100% of it. We'll keep doing what we were doing. We'll keep making what we were making. Your life would not have been impacted in any negative way. I mean, you would have kept making what you were making and even gotten the raises you were supposed to get. All that was yours. But if there was extra funny money, it all went in the bucket. And we prayed, God, give us the funniest money. Give us funny money. Well, I'm going to tell you the stories because it got outrageous. Now, this is a group of 20-year-olds, many of whom have never in their personal life, never seen God do a supernatural finance miracle in their life. And now things are starting to happen every week because it's a community engaged in faith that's sowing into it, watching God do it every single week. It was awesome. Okay, I just remember this one story. It was so funny to me. I don't know why this one stands out so bad or so big, but it does. One night, it was an especially low number of people in the room. Now, you got to get this. Nobody's making more than minimum wage. I mean, maybe one person, maybe me. Everybody else was making minimum wage, working at Starbucks or working at the thing or just like nobody really, there was hardly anybody was making any money, okay? And this one night, uh, we had a particularly low number of people at the encounter service. I don't remember the number. I wish I would have written it down, but it was like seven or eight people or nine or something, okay? And we did what we do, and we took up the offering, and there was $800 in it. 
And we all, as soon as I counted it, I said, there's $800. And everyone in the room, all seven of us, started laughing. Like the spirit of laughter was like, that's hilarious. Like, did you, I don't know, where'd that come from? Like, I mean, we were used to collecting like, you know, $32.08, you know, $32.08 next week, $36.17, $800. It was baffling. I mean, it just made us all laugh because we were like, where, how did that even happen? Where did that come from? Like, to this day, I wonder if an angel went and just dropped uh, some money in there. I don't know where that came from. All right, I'm going to give you a few stories. This was just, to give you kind of a feel, these are just a few of the stories. Guys, there were stories every week, and we told everybody, part of the agreement of this giving campaign, you've got to tell the story when it happens. Because we need to be encouraged by what happened to you. I need to be encouraged because I didn't get the miracle this week. But if you did, that's my miracle. So you tell it. So we all said, we got, we like picky promised on this. It was like, we're going to give the money and we're going to tell the stories. And every week there were stories. Okay, so I'll just give you a few of them. Okay, I'm in my closet one day. And I'm, I'm digging through some old stuff. Oh, we, we started to have the first kids coming around uh, in that hour in, in, the, in the living room. And I was looking in my closet. It's like, I think I remember I've got like on a shelf somewhere or something, an old Hot Wheels car, okay? You know, like the little, little matchbox, Hot Wheels or whatever. Okay, I think I remember that I've got one in a bag or something somewhere in my closet. So I'm back there looking around and uh, I find it and it, I never opened it. Like it's still in the package, okay? And so I'm like, oh, this will be great. I'll, I'll use that. I open the Hot Wheels car. And the Hot Wheels car was one of those that had a trunk that could like open and close. You know those cars, they would typically like have either a door that could open or close or the trunk. I mean, it wasn't like a high functioning thing, okay? But the trunk could open. And I noticed the trunk was popped. There was a $100 bill in the trunk of that Hot Wheels car. Oh, yes, there was. Oh, 100 wadded up the, the most folded, like I don't know what kind of machine folded up this $100 bill. There's a $100 bill in the trunk of that thing. I pull it out and I go, oh my gosh. Now I know the backstory on how that got there, but even knowing it, it's the most bizarre thing because I'd had that car in my, in my closet for years, for years. It was a gift that somebody had given me years ago and I it's a wonder I didn't throw the thing out. There was a $100 bill in that trunk. So that night, I got to go. I had the coolest story that night. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> another thing happened. So Amy, you know, my wife, she gets in a, uh, a car accident, fender bender. It wasn't serious. And whoever it was, I guess, who knows what trouble the person was in in normal life that got in this car accident with my wife? Because they had a lawyer, like, on retainer kind of a situation, okay? And this lawyer was very quick to be like, hey, um, can we offer you a, a cash settlement for your medical damages? Like, medical damages? Well, I don't even know if we have any medical. Oh, yeah, okay, well, does, uh, does $1,100 sound okay? You, what is happening right now? I'm like, she got rear-ended, but I mean... Amy, are you fine? I'm fine. Uh, sure. $1,100 is great. This guy writes us a check for $1,100 so that we agree to not sue his client for, for, you know, whatever, for damages or whatever. That Amy was fine. They're like, we got $1,100. So at night I come and I go, guys, I got $1,100 check. Put it right in the bucket. Okay? I mean, and that was on top of the car got replaced and all that other stuff. I'm talking about... Medical damages, but there was no medical need, okay? All right, random checks. As the community just started getting random checks. It was, people were getting checks, rebates back for weird things. Oh my gosh, Luke, I wish I'd have written down the one about the video game settlement check that you got. Oh my gosh, that was, oh, Madden football. Luke Cooper bought a Madden football game years prior, and during this wild giving campaign, MaddenFootball.com, whatever, whatever it is, and BA Sports or EA Sports, yeah, EA Sports, EA Sports sends Luke Cooper a check in the mail that says, "We're sorry, Madden '95 was so bad," or something, and sends him a check for like eighty-six bucks or something. 
It was, it was, a, it was a junk. It was like, Luke came that night, and we just rolled. Like, no stinking way. EA Sports is rebating back because of their, their thing five, ten years prior. And I just like, I've never heard of such a thing. Guys, this stuff was happening all the time. Now, I, we didn't have that sort of a ridiculous story every week, but we were having ridiculous stories all the time. And not only that, the giving was contagious. So here's what's happening. People are coming around the community in the midst of this, and they had not previously been. They weren't there when we started, and they see this, and they hear the stories, and they're like, is it too late for me to get in? Like, no, jump in. And then they started getting blessed and having crazy things happening in their life. We had, uh, I just, I love the, the story. Luke was working at AmeriCredit, and a thousand people got laid off in the midst of this. It was a really hard time. A thousand people got laid off during this. But Luke didn't get laid off. Instead, he got promoted a better schedule and a raise. A thousand people got laid off. And Luke, I was like, it's like, Luke, are you really that great of a worker? He just kind of shrugged like, oh, you know. It's like a thousand people get laid off and he gets a raise and promoted in a better schedule. This is the kind of insanity we're talking about. Uh, massive tips. We had a few people that were working in food service. And we had some massive tips. I mean, $50 tips and stuff that they were like, I've never had this happen before. They put the whole tip, you know, in the thing. They're like, it's crazy. Because all of us were expecting God to do stuff and God was doing stuff. And when it happened, you had a little bit of the fear of God on you. Because you knew that wasn't your money. I mean, when I opened that Matchbox car and there was a, there was a thing, I was like, that is not my $100 bill. And I have given it right now because there is no way. I mean, you just kind of had this. It was happening all the time. Over the course of time, guys, with this eight months, we had the craziest things happen to us. Every single person who owned a home got their mineral right money. And it was, we didn't go looking for it. It came to us. But every week we're praying, God, give us mineral rights on every house. I'm talking $3,500, $1,500, $2,000. Big chunks of money are coming. And up till that point, no one had ever talked to us about mineral rights. Nobody ever, but we were praying every week, God, let it happen. And it was happening to every single one of us. $2,000, $1,500, $3,500 getting put in the bucket. The very thing we were praying for. All right, well, this one's, this one's just dumb. And if we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic right now where this has happened recently to you, I'm just telling you, this is the most bizarre thing in the world. In 2008, George Bush, president of the United States, decides, you know what? I just want to give everybody $300. We're going to release stimulus checks. And every individual gets a $300 check. The government gave everybody $300 as a stimulus check. We were shocked. To this day, every American owes us a thank you. There's no reason for this. It was because a little group of 20-year-olds was praying, God let the government give us money. We prayed it every single week. Now, I am telling you, all those people that were connected came and brought their $300 check and put it right there in the bucket. All, because all of us knew this is impossible. We'd never heard of such a thing before. The government giving people money. Not like that. And it was exactly what we prayed for. It was shocking. It was shocking to us. Everybody got raises. I think every single person that participated in the giving campaign got at least one raise. Some got two. One person got three. Raises in an eight-month period of time. It was crazy. By the end of the giving campaign, oh, and here's the cool part. When the eight months is over, you just keep all the extra that keeps happening. Like, you got to raise. I mean, you don't got to keep giving that for the rest of your life just for the eight months. As a rule, people's salaries or, or pay or whatever, as just a kind of general principle, went up 15 to 20% across the board in an eight-month period of time. I'm telling you, this was the craziest thing. And what it was doing is it was raising the faith level. Everybody in the community is going, God is real. He's really into this give and it will be given to you thing. He's really into partnership. He's really into prayer. And he really likes this house of prayer, this house of living room prayer that we're doing. Well, part of the reason for all this was we were trying to get out of the living room and into our first space. So now let me tell you kind of how this evolved. We decided, I got some counsel about, well, if you're going to try to do something, because originally we were going to remodel my garage. 
We're like, if you're going to put some money into something, why not just buy a house? My pastor in my life, everybody needs a pastor in their life. Anybody who doesn't have a pastor in their life, not only are you missing out, you're in a bad space spiritually. Everybody needs a pastor in their life, including leaders, okay? And I got one. And he says, Brad, why don't you just buy a house with the money? Like put a down payment on a house and then put a little bit of remodel. And now you guys will actually own a house as a ministry instead of doing the little thing in your garage or whatever. Like, okay. So there were all these foreclosures. I look around. I had a little bit of real estate background. I find all these different houses. I figure out the one that I'm thinking, I think that's the best deal. I think that's the one that we want. And we decide, okay, as a ministry, we're going to try to buy this house and remodel it. Now, we've told you guys about that in, in past sessions, but we didn't tell you the money story. So, this house is a foreclosure, which means, you know, you can probably get a good deal on it, hopefully. But what it also means in that moment is every foreclosure was getting bought up by investors like crazy. And the way that you bought a foreclosure in that time period, 2007, 8, 9, even to 10, in that period, it was a bidding war. It was nasty and no fun, and you really had to know what you were doing, and we didn't. But we saw a house, and we're like, well, God likes us. God, just break all the rules. In fact, that house is under contract, we come to find out. We go, Lord, cancel that contract. So now every week we're coming together and we're saying, Lord, have them break the contract. Give them a better house. They don't want that one no more. You tell them, Lord. You tell them. The realtor calls us and says, well, uh, you guys have submitted a bid, uh, the, the guy backed out of the contract. Said, well, that's awesome. Said, well, <clears throat> the part that's not awesome is there have been, I think it was like 15 or 20 bids on that house. 15 or 20 different groups that were interested in buying that house. They said, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a rebid and uh, take the highest bidder. So I go, okay, so now there's all these different groups that are all now being told you are in a bidding war for this house. That means you don't offer your lowest dollar amount. It means you offer your highest dollar amount. Well, we can't do that because we need, one, we don't have that much money. Two, we've got to figure out how we've got some money left over for remodel and all that. So we just decided, you know what, Lord? You already canceled the contract like we asked. We're going to submit a bid for what we can afford and what we still need the leftover to be able to do the remodel. We know we're not going to be the highest bid, right? Right. We want you to give it to us anyway. Give us the house, even though we won't be the highest bid. Somehow let them want us. Now, that's a really dumb prayer to pray. Except that we've got a real God on our side. A week goes by, their realtor calls our guy. And our, our realtor was a guy in our community who's one of our friends. And uh, he, so he calls our guy. And the guy on the other end, he says to our realtor, he says, uh, I don't know how this happened. What? Well, you guys got the contract. Well, the realtor immediately goes, there's no way we were the highest bid. And the guy said, I am not at liberty to talk about that. I'm just saying, I cannot believe they gave it to you. We'll take it. And that's how we got the Livermore house. Now, <clears throat> even the last minute blessings of getting into that house, uh, we only had to bring a couple thousand dollars to the closing table. It was just great the way all that worked out. Somehow, through a, a mistake in the insurance company from the previous owner that had transitioned, I don't even know how this worked to this day, somehow at the closing table, we were given $1,000 from the insurance company of the previous insurer, insurance company of the house. We were given $1,000 at the closing table. So we were just like, the heck? I mean, we're, we're at the closing table trying to wrap up the deal, and we're given $1,000. Then our realtor said, you know what, you guys keep the whole $3,000 or whatever it was, you know, $2,800, whatever, for, for his realtor fee. He's like, you guys keep it. So even at the very end, we're getting all this money. Coming out of that season, we were on fire. We were believing God. Guys, here's what's crazy. There was just a handful of us in that living room, something like 15 to 20, 20-year-olds 20 that don't have, you know, like elaborate you know, uh, job history and all that. We don't have careers. We're just working at Starbucks. We raised nearly $50,000 in eight months. 20 cents, $2 raise, $50 check, $3,500 mineral right check at a time. We raised nearly $50,000. It was shocking to us. 
And it was God's first corporate reeling in that he does this, that he's all about it. Now, I want to change gears. That was the gift campaign, and that thing was so precious to all of us. I mean, to this day, I think so fondly about it frequently. I want to change gears now, and I want to talk about the provisions that the Lord has done for us over the years for our intercessory missionaries. For those of you who don't know what that means, we have had 40. I got all the names right here in front of me. I'm looking at every name. We have had 40 people decide they were going to make the prayer room their job, either part-time or full, mostly full-time, that have decided they were going to raise support as a missionary. And they were going to believe in the vision here enough that they were going to raise their own support, make this their job. We've had 40 people do that over the years. 40 people. I just, I am astounded that the Lord spoke to 40, that 40 responded to the call, that 40 did the process of support raising, that 40 found supporters, found partners that would believe in them and give money to them every month. And then they served in that capacity for years or even longer. It's crazy to me. It is one of the ways that the Lord has provided. Well, I'm going to give you a couple of this, the broad stroke stories. I mean, the monthly sustaining grace on that is, it's just incredible to me. Because like the reason anybody has a job isn't because you just love working. You need to make money so you can eat and pay bills and stuff. We've had 40 people doing this as their way to eat and pay bills. Do this as their job. That's just, it's profound. I want to give you some of the fun things that the Lord did over the years. We had many of our missionaries. I didn't keep track. I just know I've heard the stories over the years. We had many of our missionaries get their debts completely wiped out in a moment that enabled them to be able to join missionary staff. They're like, I can't do it unless I get my debt wiped out. I've got a big chunk of debt. It was a chunk of debt that wasn't like the kind of thing that they could like throw a little bit of money at every month and make go away. You know, they'd been trying that. But that in the process of support raising, even before they joined staff, we had a number of people that the Lord did it and just wiped it out. We had two people that the Lord individually gave this one and individually gave that one $10,000 to wipe out their debt. $10,000 to wipe out their debt. When I hear that, I think about the Lord's zeal for this house. Because... If you just think about it, if you're a giver, you like to give people stuff so that they can go have like fun. You like to give people stuff so that they get something they didn't have. It's actually not a lot of fun to give people money to bring them back up to zero. That's not like everybody's favorite fun thing. And we've had that happen multiple times. Um, let's see. We've had so many missionaries in different ways be given cars. Here's a car. You don't have one, right? Yeah. You need one? Yeah. I got one. Okay. Here's the keys. Cars. Cars. No car. Car. Given to missionaries. So many. I mean, it's kind of a fruity number. Like, it's a lot. There's a lot of cars that have been given to missionaries. We've had missionaries given wild, fun gifts. Thousands of dollars for vacations. I, I, I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard of stories of missionaries in our midst being given $1,000 or some number like that for them to be able to go on vacation. For them to be able to go out. I mean, that's happened so many times. We had somebody be given $3,000 just to get their teeth fixed. $3,000 for dental work. One of our missionaries, $3,000 to get your toothlesses fixed. $3,500 for a baby delivery. One of our missionaries wanted to be at this place instead of that place. And in order to be at this place instead of that place, they were going to need $3,500 that they didn't have. Someone heard about that and said, you know what? I'm going to give you $3,500 so you can have your baby here instead of here. That's crazy. That's crazy favor. We had people given so much money to go on honeymoons when they were getting married. I mean, we were given $3,500 to go on a honeymoon. I, was like, I mean, me and Amy. I was like, well, we don't have any money to go on a honeymoon. Let's pray. 
We said, I, I prayed exactly what I wanted. The Lord gave us $3,500. I didn't tell people. People thought we had money to go on a honeymoon. We didn't. We went ahead and booked it. Like, we're going to go. I just don't know who the money's coming from. And then we got $3,500. There it is. Nobody thought anything was wrong. We had one of our missionaries given rental property. Not, here's the place for you to live. They already had that figured out. Here's some extra property so you can make some extra money and rent it out to other people and make money. Guys, this is expressing the zeal of the Lord for this house. We've had several, I don't know the number, but over the years, we've had several of our missionaries have $1,000 a month partners that are giving $1,000 a month to that missionary, to that 20-year-old. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'm going to shift stories again, shift gears. I'm going to talk about the early days and how the Lord just kept giving us $10,000. It was just weird. $10,000. First time it happened. Remember I told you that every week during the Give campaign, we'd get together and we'd pray for four things. And we got three of them. But the Give campaign ended and there was no $10,000 check. Because we were praying every week, God, let somebody walk up to Brad and give him a $10,000 check. And it didn't happen. And we get to the end of the gift campaign, we're kind of like, well, I guess three out of four is, 75 is still a passing grade. I mean, for me in high school, 75 was a big deal. And so I'm like, all right, well, all right, we're winning. You know, we didn't get the $10,000 check, but, but you know, let's go for it. So we get, uh, it's just a little bit of time later. It's not much time after the giving campaign. In fact, I'm thinking time frame had to just be a few months after we move into the building or into the, into the house and all this stuff. And we talk about we're going to do this conference. Remember I told you guys the conference that we were going to host a citywide house of prayer conference. Well, this is just a few months after the giving campaign's over. We announced that we're going to do the conference and somebody walks up to me and hands me a check for $10,000. It was the last thing that we didn't get from the giving campaign. But it had a very specific purpose. We were given a $10,000 check. And had we not been given that $10,000 check, there's no way we could have hosted that conference because we didn't have the money. We didn't have the means. There was no way we could do that. Well, here's the funny thing. We do the conference. And remember I told you that Dwayne Roberts, one night he gets up and him and Tom Grossman, they say, hey, you know, we want to pray for Brad. And Brad, get up here. Well, the night before that, or night after one or the other, it was, he did it both nights. He did something crazy both nights. I don't remember which was first. The other night, he gets up and he goes, hey, listen, Brad doesn't know I'm about to do this, which that's always a scary phrase when the guest speaker says that. Okay, that's always a, a red flag. Um, so he goes, Brad doesn't know I'm about to do this, but guys, I've seen their, uh, their house of prayer. I've seen their space and they need a new building. Now we had just moved in, but it was kind of sad looking if you didn't have the rose tinted glasses that we had. And so he goes, I've seen their building. I want to take up an offering tonight. I, want to, I would love for him to be able to walk away with a ton of money for them to be able to have a down payment on a facility. I want you guys to give lavishly. Now, remember, auditorium, 2,300 seats. Total, 70 pairs of blinking eyes. There's 70 people in this giant room that he's proclaiming like, you know, every other seat's an angel or something, okay? He says, I'd love for them to take up, you know, blah, 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 blah. Took up an offering for $10,000 that night with 70 people in the room. And I'll tell you, I didn't put anything in that offering bucket that night. So 69 people in that room, $10,000. We got $10,000 to do the conference and get ourselves set up and blah, blah, blah. Then we got $10,000 at the conference. It was crazy. So we, a little bit of time skipping forward, we move into the Pioneer Parkway location, okay? Now, we're a small ministry. We don't have any money. And every month, the note uh, for the, the lease is $5,000, okay? That was an expensive place. And so every month, we need miracles or we're in trouble. We're not in that building very long and uh, a little bit of time. I'll give you that detail in a minute. But we're in that building for a little while. And this guy comes up to me and he says, hey, listen, uh, how much is the, is the uh, rent? I said, it's $5,000. He said, I'm going to write you a check for $5,000 right now. Well, he comes back to me two weeks later, and he says, hey, I want to write 5000 for next month, too. This guy, in a two-week period of time, wrote us, we hadn't even cashed the first $5,000 check. He gave us $10,000 in a two-week period of time in order to take care of rent. I was like, this is, I mean, if this is how this works, I can do this. Like, I can lead this 
way, if all I have to be is stupid and obedient and you take care of the rest, I'm in, man. I am in. The Lord gave us that. Well, some more time went on and uh, we were in trouble again in the area of finances and we needed money and somebody came up to the ministry and gave us a $10,000 check. Not $10,000 and a dollar, not, not $11,000, $10,000. It just kept showing up over and over and over. $10,000 with all the zeros and no extra little whatevers. $10,000. It was shocking. Well, another bit of uh, time goes by, another few years goes by, and a guy comes up and he says, hey, listen, um, I hear that you guys have you've got some financial you know, problems, you know, whatever, and uh, he said, I, I just had this thing happen, you know, in my life, and da, 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 I've moved some things around. I've got some money. I really want to sew it into the ministry. I really want to be able to help. It's $10,000. Gives us another $10,000 check. It was just weird. I mean, that's, who has $10,000 to give away? I mean, I don't, I don't have 10, Lord, let me have $10,000 to give away. I'll do, I'll do it. Just give it to me. Keep giving it to me. Like, this is crazy. We've had this happen so many times. Well, at the Pioneer Parkway location, this is where our faith was really being tested. When we were doing the giving campaign, there was no risk because we hadn't made a plan yet what we were going to do with the money. I mean, we weren't, we weren't on the hook. But at the Pioneer Parkway location, we were on the hook in a three-year lease. We had to pay that lease payment every month, $5,000. And we always started the month off with zero. I mean, that's how we started. We needed miracles every month. Now, here's part of the thing that always made me laugh, okay? We're signing a contract for a three-year lease, and the landlord never once asked if we had any money. Never wanted any proof that we could actually pay. Never looked at, never wanted a bank statement, never wanted anything. I was like, so you don't, you don't really need to, okay, all right, good. Good, because I don't really know what I was going to say to you anyway, so I'm really glad that you never asked. Then we're working out the deal, and the, the way that this all worked out, the landlord made an agreement with it and said, you know what? We're going to give you your first six months rent free. So I go, the house of prayer will exist for at least six months. Who knows about month seven? But that's when all these other miracles started hitting. The 5,000, 5,000, and the 10,000, the 10,000. That's when all this stuff started happening. But we got our first six months of a three-year lease free. That was how we started. Money came, I just loved it. The money came only after we signed the lease. We all knew it was the Lord. We all knew it was a gamble. We all knew he was in it. But man, it was a little unnerving to take that kind of a big faith step and go, every month we're gonna need to see God move, and he did. And if he didn't move that month, he moved twice as much the next month or something like that. I mean, that's how it worked for years. We saw monthly miracles. It was wild. All right, well, I just, I'll give you two stories that start off really bad. It was a period of time where the money wasn't coming in like we needed it to, and we had accrued $25,000 in debt. $25,000, which again, all that would need to happen is no miracle five months in a row. I mean, five, 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 right? Okay, so we're $25,000 in debt, and I'm like, Lord, you got to fix this. Now, this is not the first time I've prayed. I've been praying the whole way. But I'm like, Lord, you've got to fix this. Well, one night I had a dream. This was uh, in uh, January, February, March, April, May, June. June. June 28th, 2010. This is the the summer of 2010. I had a dream where someone was telling me a dream they had. And in the dream they had, Someone had given the prayer room $25,000 to take care of the debt. And in my dream, this filled me with faith and assurance that it would actually happen in the natural. And I woke up very encouraged and expectant that God would take care of our debt somehow. And so I posted the need up on a board at the base. We made a little board that said, you know, currently prayer room is in $25,000 worth of debt. And part of the reason I did that was because of some details in the dream that, that matched that. Well, It's just about two months later, somebody gives an anonymous gift through a charitable organization for $25,000 to wipe out the debt. $25,000. Just like in the dream. It wasn't we chipped away at it. I had a dream that somebody was going to give us $25,000 and wipe out the debt. And then in real life, somebody gave us $25,000 and wiped out the debt. Oh my gosh. Right? I am filled with such faith and expectation and joy. And the next month, you know what happened? 
We went into debt. So painful. Pioneer Parkway was like the most backwards, interesting, glorious season ever. So we start going into debt again. We get $20,000 in debt. We're in, and it's, I mean, it didn't happen like in four months. It maybe took a year or whatever, but we're back there again. And I'm like, Lord, this is so painful. I didn't want to sign the lease on this place. You just, this is so bad. But you did it once before. And so my wife, my wife, if you can get Amy to pray for something, just know it's done. Okay? Now, the, the balance on that is you can't get her to pray for diddly squat. Because if she's not feeling it, she won't pray it. But when she feels it, it's done. Me, I'm a, like, you know, bombard the gates of hell guy every day. Oh, God, oh, God. Amy's not like that. She waits, and then it's like if she's in it, she's like, oh, yeah, I'll pray that. And then God just gives it to her. It's kind of unnerving, okay? So, so we're, 20, we're not $20,000 in debt. We're $23,000 in debt because I remember it clear. We're $23,000 in debt, and Amy goes, I'm going to pray that the Lord gives us $20,000 to get us out of debt. I go, but Amy, it's 23000 She said, nope, I don't care. I'm praying for twenty. I go, it's the same. If you're going to go ahead and pray, pray for twenty-three instead of twenty. Nope, I'm praying for twenty. Okay, I guess I can find three on the ground somewhere out, you know, on the street or something. It's two weeks later after Amy starts praying. Two weeks. Another anonymous gift of twenty thousand dollars wipes out the debt. Well, twenty thousand, but we owe twenty-three. That same week or same month, we were $3,000 over what we, would, what we needed. So we actually got, now, I mean, it might not have been 3000 to the penny. It was like, you know, $29.50 or $31.10, or, but it was $3,000. So we got out of debt that month, and Amy, Amy's like, no, nah, I don't need to pray for the rest of that. It'll be fine. And she was right. And the Lord did it. $20,000. It was unbelievable. I, just, I couldn't believe it. I'm going to give you some recent stories. This is in this building stuff. Stuff that we've seen since we've been in this building. And this spans different uh, scenarios. The first group that I want to talk about is money for our missionaries, our mission staff. Guys, let this stir your faith. These are, these are profound. A local church, the pastor approaches me. And he's, uh, he's been connected to this ministry. Uh, the, the, he just, he loves this place. And his leaders love this place. He's a good dude in the city. Friend of mine. He says, hey, we want to give your missionaries, we've got a chunk of money, and we want to invest it in your missionaries. We want to give your missionaries, it's a total of $5,000. Split that up amongst your missionaries. Well, at the time, we only had like seven or eight missionaries or something. That's a big chunk of money. And he told us how he wanted allocated. He was like, this much to this person, this much to this person. And we did it. $5,000 for our missionaries from a, from a local church. That said, not for the general budget, not for, for the priests that are running the house. We want to see these priests given the money so that they can keep, it do, keep doing this. All right, well, what's bizarre is it was just a few weeks after that. A few weeks. We were all just given like a big bump. It was really cool. We we're all excited. It's a few weeks later. And somebody completely unrelated that doesn't come around here says the same thing, but it's not 5000 it's $25,000. I want to give $25,000 to those few little missionaries that you have. We only had seven or eight. We all got the fattest checks we'd ever seen in our life. And this came right after a pastor said, I want to do it. And we were like all excited about that. This was dumb. It came weeks later. It was shocking. It was like, oh my gosh. Well, time goes by. This was even recently. Somebody approaches the ministry and says, hey, you know those priests? I got $15,000. I want you to give the money to the priests. And broke down the allocation of the funds. And, and it was only a little bit that didn't go to the, uh, to the uh, intercessory missionaries. And we followed whatever directions we were given. $15,000, an individual. Who has this money? Sign all of them up for the email. I mean, come on, that's just, they're like, I, like they gave us $15,000. This was, this was just a couple months ago. This is crazy. Well, in the midst of all this stuff with COVID, I, I approached, uh, I was talking to the Lord. I was like, Lord, 
We've got all these people that are losing their jobs or aren't able to go to work. And we've got all these people that were coming to the prayer room, but now because of the restrictions and because of sickness, they're not able to come or they don't, they don't feel safe to come. We're kind of like dying a little bit. Like we need some help. And the Lord started sending us more missionaries, which was incredible. He said, Lord, I want to do one more. I've got this thing in my heart. I want to invent a new form of staff for the next two or three months. Let's call it provisional staff or provisionary staff, where they serve more or less as a part-time staff member, more or less like they're an intercessory missionary. But they've not gone through the process, and they're not going to stay in that, in that role at that level of involvement indefinitely, but they'll help us through the plague. I said, Lord, give me a bucket of money so that we can buy some provisional staff members. So we can give some people that are, they're not working, they're kind of bored, they could probably use a little bit of money. We don't have a lot of money, we don't actually have any. But Lord, give me a bucket of money and I'll, I'll parse it out and figure out who we can hire and go find five people that maybe would want to make a little bit of money and could, we could hire. And as soon as I prayed that, I felt like the Lord said, call this guy. And I was like, okay. And tell him about the thing. Okay, okay. I call the guy, I tell him about the thing. He says, I'll write you a check for $5,000 tomorrow, go get him. $5,000. And so then we, we figured out, okay, well, let's go get these provisional staff members. Let's figure out how we can, you know, feed them a little bit of money and, and get them on staff. And boom, the Lord did that. That was like just a few weeks ago or months ago. That was really recently. All right, let me give you a different one. You know, I'm telling you these stories, $25,000 paid off the debt, $20,000 paid off the debt. Well, that was a long time ago. What wasn't a long time ago is what happened two weeks ago when someone wrote us a check for $21,000 to pay off the debt for the prayer room. That happened just a couple weeks ago. I mean, the Lord, this isn't like the thing he used to do back in the day. Oh, back in the day, the Lord, no, no, the Lord today, the Lord today sustains this house. He takes care of our needs. He does wild things for us. Well, I've got another category that I don't exactly know how to call except fun upgrades. I mean, probably fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars was given through equipment, you know, labor, efforts, supplies to paint the exterior of this building. When we moved into this building, I hated the way that it looked at the outside of the building. Because when we finished the construction project, we weren't able to paint the exterior because we didn't have the money, because it cost fifteen thousand dollars to paint a building. I mean, if you're gonna do it right and you gotta do all the stuff and blah blah blah. Like it costs a lot of money. And we didn't know what we were doing, and we were afraid to be up on giant lifts and break our necks. And so we didn't have the ability to do it. So it had gone unpainted for years, and every time I walked up to this building, it was an ache in my heart. But I was never praying, Lord, let someone paint the exterior of the building. I probably should have prayed it. Could have happened faster, maybe. Someone donate. Someone's like, yep, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to hire the guys. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get the materials donated. Da -da -da -da. You put it all together, it was between fifteen dollars and $18,000 given to us in a moment. I was walking around. As soon as I was remembering that this morning in the prayer meeting, I was like, I have to go outside right now. I just left the prayer meeting. I walked around the building and just thanked Jesus for the exterior. I was just like, I was just so in awe again today of the kindness of the Lord. This, is, this building looks good. I mean, it's, and, and, and that was a gift. Another fun upgrade, the streaming equipment that's in here. We did Revive Texas. They gave us about $10,000 worth of equipment, time, expertise, you know, uh, uh, software, materials. I mean, all this stuff. They, they spent some money and dropped that so that we could have that. And I, I just thank the Lord because we just went through this whole thing with the COVID situation. And the only way we were able to stay open legally is because we were able to stream our services. So we started streaming the services. Well, how did we stream the services? With equipment that was given to us, like a big upgrade. That's how much God likes his house. God knew COVID was coming. We didn't know. We weren't thinking to do that. The Lord was thinking, taking, taking care of us. This is another fun one. This one hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I'm positive it will because I know all the situation. Sometime in the next week or two or three, there's another ministry that has been talking to us and saying, listen, we've got $10,000 we want to give the prayer room and we just, we want you to put it towards, you know, whatever it is that you think you need. And we're, we're working on a plan of what we want to do with that. We've got a, we've got some things that we want to do as a ministry. And there's this ministry that's going to give us $10,000. I mean, it's just crazy. That's right now. All right, now I want to shift gears. 
All of that was to tell you what has been, where we have been. Now I want to tell you where we're going, okay? In 2012, some really strange things started happening. Everybody that I knew, including me, I know me, started dreaming about millionaires. It's a really weird thing to have happen, especially when you flip a switch. I'm not talking about we had one and then six years later we had another and then two years later. I'm talking about all in a very short period of time, people started having dreams about millionaires being connected to the prayer room, millionaires giving money to the prayer room, millionaires being like joining the ministry and being around. It's a really weird, very specific thing to start happening, have happening. And I'm not talking about one or two dreams. I'm talking about like 15 or 20. It was weird. And so I'm believing it, okay? We're in this season, and I'm like, man, it's gonna happen. I, in one night, I had two dreams in one night, and both the dreams were more or less the same dream about a millionaire coming and joining our community and then, like, I mean, just backing us many times, you know, just helping us in different ways. We're in this season where we're having these dreams. I'm believing it. I had the weirdest thing happen to me. All these dreams. I'm taking a trip to California. This is in real life. And I'm surrounded in that season. It's, I'm constantly journaling and I'm constantly writing down my dreams and hearing other people's dreams and categorizing them. And it's a really weird thing when you have a document on your laptop that says dreams about millionaires and it keeps getting fuller. That's a weird thing. That's not normal, okay? That's weird. And mine keeps getting fuller and I'm dialoguing with the Lord about it and I'm journaling. And I go to California for a trip out there and I'm, I'm flying southwest and Southwest doesn't have assigned seating, okay? It's important that you know that detail. Southwest is first come, first serve, sit on the flight wherever you get, whatever, blah, 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 okay? I'm held up at the uh, security checkpoint, and I almost missed the flight. When I say almost missed the flight, they had closed the door. I am the last person on the plane. They had to open the door back up, and they'd heard that the security was the problem, blah, blah, blah. So they kind of let me on and normally wouldn't let people on at that point because the flight was already, like, ready to go, Okay? I get on the plane, and you know where my seat is. You all know where it is. The last row between the big dude and the bigger dude. Okay? That's the last seat right there in the middle, at the back, in the nosebleed section. Okay? I sit down, you know, and I'm, I'm chatty. I just, I'll talk to whoever. And so there's this guy sitting next to me, and I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? Talk to him a little bit, and, and uh, you, know, what, you know, what do you do? And he's telling me a little bit about his life. And as he's talking to me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's a millionaire. And he's a humble millionaire because he's back in the nosebleed with me. I'm like, this guy is totally loaded. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. I mean, kind of fun. I'm like, it's kind of fun because the Lord's been talking to me about millionaires, and here I'm meeting a millionaire. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And the guy goes, well, what do you do? He said, what are you on the plane for? You know, what are you doing? I go, well, doing this conference thing, these house of prayer leaders. He goes, house of prayer, like IHOP? I go, yeah, exactly. And he goes, you're a director of a house of prayer? I go, yeah. He said, what's this thing? I go, well, uh, we've organized some, like, other house of prayer directors. We get together a couple times a year. He goes, you're a house of prayer director, going to go hang out with house of prayer directors? I said, yeah. He said, how do you spell your last name? I said, S-T-R-O-E-B. He said, my wife is always telling me to sow into good soil. You're good soil. He wrote me a check. I've known this guy for 15 minutes. He wrote me a check for $2,000 right there on the plane. He hands it to me. And I hear the Holy Spirit as the dude's giving me the money, as he's giving me the check. I hear the Holy Spirit say, as effortlessly as this was, I will bring those millionaires into your life. I said, well, this was pretty effortless. Don't mind if I do. Now, just a couple of funny little, little side points. The whole trip was about millionaires. I land and I find out I'm in the county that is said, even if, it's, even if this is a lie and it's the third most, I'm in the county that is said to be the highest millionaire per capita county in the nation. I was like, that's an interesting detail. Okay. I wasn't fishing for that. It just it came to me. Next, I fly home, Southwest again. I'm meeting, I'm talking to the guy next to me. This guy's a millionaire. This guy, I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to this guy. He's like, he's like, what he does in real estate and the types of real estate he does and commercial and blah, blah. I was like, this guy is loaded. I am sitting next to another millionaire. 
this is just bizarre. Now, he didn't give me any money. I mean, I didn't ask. But, um, but I came back, and I was like, Lord, you really are going to do this millionaire thing. You've been giving me all these dreams, and now you're like bringing millionaires like around effortlessly. I mean, it was just, it was so bizarre. Well, I'm going to wrap up with this. His promises are for the prayer room that he will meet our needs and even exceed them. I told you guys a few weeks ago that one of those first significant encounters I had with the Lord in 2012, where he was talking about the future of the prayer room and that he was going to promote us to the region and that, that he was going to you know, supply for us in crazy ways. He was going to draw people and he, the, the, he was going to end the simplicity and he was going to start sending lots of people. And that was actually going to be both a, a promise and a warning because that's going to cause interesting dynamics. Well, in that encounter, the Lord said to me, this was October 22nd, 2012. He said, the next season will be the best season of your life. And I asked if the season pertained to just TPR. And I felt the clear impression that this was going to apply to every area of my life, including TPR, including the finances. I heard him say, I'm going to open the storehouses of my bounty on you. And I'm going to bless you in ways you won't believe. In that season of time, we started having so many dreams. Again, about the millionaires, about everything. We started having all these dreams. But the dreams, I don't want to say started um, with the lower number. I'm just going to say we have had dreams about money, lots of dreams about every bracket of money. So I told you we've had 15 or 20 about millionaires. We've had 10 or 15 about billions. We've had, I don't know how many dreams about hundreds of thousands. We've had dreams about trillions and quadrillions and whatever's after quadrillions. I don't know what to do with any of that. All I know is we had a bunch of dreams about millionaires and millions, and in the same period of time, I started having dreams about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm going to read you a couple of them very quickly, and this has been going on for a while. So this was in 2000, uh, well, this one's 14. I had a dream. I'm not sure exactly what had happened in the dream, but we had been given lots of money, lots and lots of it. I was sorting through stacks of cash that I had allocated each stack for something different that we wanted. So this stack, it's going to be for that. And then this stack, it's a different stack of money. It's for that. And they were all big ticket things. I'm not exactly sure what all the stack, uh, what each stack of cash was for, but there was a lot of money and it was clear that we had all we needed. I didn't see exactly how much, but I know that a low number seemed to be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, I'm reading that dream and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of meditating on that upstairs in the multi-purpose room, which there's a prayer meeting going on there right now. It's not happening in here. It's happening upstairs. I'm meditating on that and I'm praying and I'm, I'm reading. I even sent it out to our, our senior staff, that dream right then. And I'm meditating on the phrase uh, that it was clear we had all we needed. I'm meditating on that. And as I meditate on that, that second, Tyler sings the phrase, their needs were all provided for. And he starts singing it over and over. Their needs were all provided for. It's the exact, I mean, exact concept. Exact words, just different, you know, whatever. Or the exact thing. I, was, I just shook my head. I was just like, Lord, you're just so funny. Like, you are even testifying to this, even in this exact moment. I had another dream that we came into a, a cash haul of some hundreds of thousands of dollars that we had acquired because we got some insider information, like an insider tip somehow. And in the dream, I knew that the money was from the Lord and that we were to use it for whatever we needed. Just the same exact idea of the other dream. We had all we needed. Lots of money, but hundreds of thousands. I have a dream in February of this year. I had a dream where my grandfather was still alive. He's passed. But he was still alive in this dream, and he was shoring up his affairs of his estate before he passed away. And he came up to me in the dream with a really big smile, and he said, I've decided to sow half a million dollars into what you're doing here. And then he handed me a check, and it was for $550,000. I looked at it and completely freaked out, and I even made somebody in the dream pinch me to see if, I was, if it was real. And then I woke up when somebody pinched me in the dream. It's just kind of funny. I had a funny little detail. Okay? So next time, don't, and just keep dreaming, right? Stay in the matrix as long as you can. So, uh, so I have that dream, and uh, what I don't know, and I don't tell everybody all my dreams all the time. I mean, maybe share some of them with, with 
you know, some on the leadership team. But I don't go around telling everybody all this stuff. In that period of time, Rhoda tells me that she's had a dream and that she didn't send it to me when she had it, but she wants to send it to me. And I get this dream from her that she had before I had my dream, but she's sending it to me and I'm finding out about it after I had my dream, okay? Now, it's been silent for years related to the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've not been having those kinds of dreams, that kind of information. Rhoda sends me the dream. She says, I was at the encounter service. This was, uh, she had this dream at the beginning of the year, the January 16th. Had a dream where I was at the encounter service during offering time and I did a head count and there were 49 people there. And I felt the presence of the Lord and others in the room were feeling, were, were feeling the presence and were engaging too. And most of them were people who hadn't come around the prayer room in a long time. The offering amount was for $340,000.48. $340,000. Now, the reason that this is important to me is because she doesn't know I had just had a dream about a very similar figure, like three weeks in the time frame of when I'm getting this from her. I, I had the dream less than a month after she had her dream. And I haven't had any dreams about any of this stuff in a long time. I feel like, I just want to say this, like I feel like we're in a moment of upgrade around here. I think it's a season right now for the prayer room of going from the $10,000 stories to the $100,000 stories. I believe that's what's happening. I believe we're on our way into that. I don't know, does that happen fast? Does that happen slow? I don't know. All I can say is this. The Lord has given us a rich history in believing that he's going to take care of us and give us finances, and he's done it. We have countless stories, and the $10,000 stories were never supposed to be the end. They were always supposed to be teaching us ABCs and one, two, threes, so we can get on to trigonometry and other stuff. It was always about going somewhere, about creating a history and I just want to tell you, I feel like we're in that season where we're going to start seeing the Lord add a zero to our $10,000 checks, our you know, $20,000 checks. I think we're in that season. So I, I want to tell you these stories and stir faith and get you believing and buying into that and praying for it. Amen? Worship team, come on up. Father, we ask you tonight for your help that you would give us grace. These are big things to believe for. And we don't want to have misguided faith. We want to have informed faith. And we see how many ways you've, you've moved on our behalf. How many times you've spoken to us as a ministry. And we believe this stuff is real. And so we ask you, God, in agreement with a dream about $340,000 in an offering with 49 people in the room. We agree with getting inheritances of some sort for half a million dollars with getting cash hauls of hundreds of thousand dollars to meet every need. God, we agree. We would be in, in lack of faith to have all the history and then not believe what you've spoken about our future. And so, God, we want to agree with it. We want to ask you, Holy Spirit, release to us the wildest stories of supernatural finance. We pray that you would break in on the prayer room community, that you would give us abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. In those dreams, the, the theme all throughout them was we had more than we needed in that period of time. God, I can't ever remember the time in the history of this ministry that that's been the case. We pray God change the storyline upgrade the, the checks with extra zeros. We pray in this season, God, release to us that grace and let it touch everybody who's connected to this ministry in their personal lives as well in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources or to schedule another TPR teacher to come speak at your church or event, please see our website at theprayerroomdfw.com. Thank you.